Welcome back to Wildlife Plunges podcast with me, Kim Gristy. Today's guest is Sophie Etheridge. She started the Facebook group, Adaptive Disabled Open Water Swimmers. I'm going to be really interested to hear how this group is developing. Welcome, Sophie. It's great to have you here today. I know that you've not always been a swimmer. What other sports have you been doing? So I do a bit of wheelchair racing as well. I used to be a triathlete before um, my accident, and I did that for probably about six, maybe seven years, I think. But from when I was tiny, I've swum, and due to having epilepsy, I used to have to cycle everywhere. So cycling was a big part of life for me, just because it was the way that I got round everywhere and to everything that I wanted to do. But they're kind of the main ones, really. The wheelchair racing is really good. I get the same sort of feeling that you get when you're cycling so it's I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie (laughs) and quite like going fast so wheelchair racing gives me that bit of speed that cycling used to give me if that makes sense yeah yeah are you a member of a local group or I'm a member of the BRJ run and try club and I've done a we've done a few relay triathlons where I've done the swim and then there's people that have done the cycle and the run which has actually been really, really nice to do. And it allows other people that can't actually swim or are too afraid to swim in open water to actually get the experience of a full triathlon. But it's it's mainly, I've mainly used them just for open water swimming. Um, so they run lake sessions on a Friday evening. And that was where, when I started getting back into swimming, that was the club that I joined to start with. It's reasonably accessible, but it's a very community-based club. So everyone looks out for everyone else, and it's really nice. Um, I mean, through lockdown, they've been doing virtual run races. So they've got, uh, I think it's about seven, maybe eight teams. And the teams are made up of five or six people. And you each team has to run a certain distance in a certain two-week period. And then all the times get put together and you can compare to the other teams that are in different areas. So it's allowed people, you're running as a team, but not together so that it's socially distanced and all that sort of, and everything within COVID guidelines. And it's worked out really nicely, actually. So that's kept you motivated through. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Every now and again, I get a nudge saying, have you done your 5k yet? And I'm like, no, I'll do it tonight. (laughs) promise um so yeah that's kind of kept me out running how long have you been open water swimming so i originally started open water swimming when i think i was about 11 so i started swimming as a toddler basically worked through all of the um sta awards and everything and then joined the hastings voluntary lifeguard club and you did on Friday evening, you'd do one hour of theory of lifeguarding and then one hour in the swimming pool. And then in the summer, you would all, we'd all be at the beach, basically, because I grew up in Hastings down on the south coast. And I basically spent the summers in the water um, and it kind of grew from there. It, I got more into the swimming side of it when I was about 16 and the lifeguard club did a fundraising cross-channel relay swim. And there was, I think there were six of us in the team. And we started with about 15 people that wanted to do the swim. And gradually, as we'd gone through the winter and doing the more training, people slowly sort of disappeared and dropped out and decided it wasn't quite for them. 
Uh, there were about seven, maybe eight people left to be chosen from, from the um, people that were left for the team. Um, and I was chosen as one of the members of the team. And I think I was the youngest by about three years or something. I was a, I was a, a teenager, as I said. But during the swim, so we did all of the training and everything, and they completed the swim. But for some reason, as soon as we were on the boat on the day of the swim, I became really, really seasick. Never been seasick in my life. But for some reason, I was. And I basically threw up for 14 hours straight. So... I'll never forget the moment where I had to decide. It was about three, four o'clock in the morning and it was coming up to my turn to do my hour-long swim. And I had to decide if I was going to risk swimming and then back on the boat and being sick again and not being able to get back in the water to do my next hour. Because if I couldn't, then the swim would fail and the team would fail. And so I made the decision not to swim in the end and basically went below deck and was sick for 14 hours. But I kind of promised myself then that one, one day, hopefully, in the future, I'd go and I'd do it solo. So that's kind of where it started. I swam with triathlon clubs when I was at university. But in my the beginning of my second year, um, I was hit by a car when I was cycling to a training session, which caught, I was really, really lucky in some sex. We just had cuts, bruises and a sprained ankle, but the sprained ankle gradually got more and more painful and turned into complex regional pain syndrome. And at that point, I stopped swimming completely, not pool or open water. I did absolutely no sports whatsoever. And it was about five years later, I think, in the end, I was sent on a pain management program at Addenbrooke's Hospital. And we had to set goals and things we wanted to aim for. Um, and myself and one of the other participants on the course both used to swim and both sort of said we wanted to get back into swimming, but weren't quite sure how we could get back into swimming. And so we set ourselves the challenge of doing one mile at the Great East Swim the following year. So through her help and having that support, I gradually, very gradually and very slowly managed to get back into swimming. But it took the best part of a year for me to be able to be in open water swimming. One of my big issues from my complex regional pain syndrome is hypersensitivity. So anything touching my legs hurts, even water, um, wind hurts, wearing trousers hurts. So for me, um, whereas for her, it was bit working out how to build up the swimming and improve her technique so that she wasn't in as much pain. For me, it was actually about being able to get into the swimming pool. Um, so I literally started, and I think everybody thought I'd, completely lost the plot and I would literally go on a Wednesday evening to an hour-long session and I would go and sit on the side with my legs in the swimming pool. started for about five minutes, gradually built it up and I think it was about a couple of months before I actually managed to get swimming properly. Went from there and then of course had the issue of bringing a wetsuit into the situation 
which was um, mm. I doctor in the end I couldn't work out how I could put a wetsuit on and have the wetsuit around my legs at all I struggled having trousers around my legs I don't know a wetsuit and I was given uh, thin cream which is basically ground chili peppers rub it on my leg which is a bit bizarre and seemed very bizarre from all that was saying didn't really understand at first why I was being given it and the idea behind it was that put the chili peppers it would burn and it would hurt so it would make my leg hurt more so that then I would learn to be able to tolerate a higher pain so that things like wearing a trousers or trying to put a wetsuit on the pain that the wetsuit caused in comparison to the pain that the chili peppers caused was less. That makes sense. Yep, yep. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a really backwards way to do it, but basically you cause yourself more pain so you're in less pain. Eventually managed to get the wetsuit on. First year I swam the one, we both managed to do the one mile gravity swim. And it was kind of after that and I sort of got a bit hooked again and remembered why I loved it so much. Entered that same year, I ended up entering a three kilometre swim um, down at Eaton Dorney and loved it even more. And it's kind of gone from there. And the distance has increased, the speed has got better, the stroke has got better. And yeah, it went from there. I think it was about... Uh, I think it was five years ago this year that I got back into open water swimming. So it's not been that long, actually. No, it hasn't um, been. No, it's, it feels much longer. I don't know if it's because most of the events are in the summer, so obviously you don't do anything during the winter because I don't do winter swimming. I've considered it and decided against it. It's cold. Um, yeah. I mean, you've, you've Why you would get in the river breaking ice I'm not entirely sure and I don't really understand it to be honest to me swimming going swimming and in open water obviously it's different for every person but for me it's the swimming bit that I enjoy um, I mean I love being in open water and surrounded by nature and everything and all the friends and things that I've made from open water swimming but dipping is not my thing especially when there's ice involved it's yeah there's been a I've there's recently um been made a Cambridge and Peterborough blue tits um group and all the posts on there are people in just normal swimming costumes with a bobble hat on getting in this freezing cold water and I'm looking at it and just thinking why 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 would you do that <laughs> but at the same time I'm like I really want to be in the water <laughs> Um, so I gave myself the the buffer barrier. And so when it hits 10 degrees, then I'll consider getting in, but not before. It's about eight, nine at the moment. So we're getting there. It is warming up. It, it is warming up. up. It's just, it's, there's like two days where it's really hot and it warms up and it's like, yes, we're at nine degrees. And then the next day it's like down to seven again. Um, so, but I think it depends where people swim because there's so many different swim spots around here because I'm right by the river. Um, 
so yeah it's it's i've started with my cold showers getting ready to trying to acclimatize myself slightly for 10 degree water yeah i've got to say i am one of those ice dippers i'm afraid i love um but i prefer swimming rather than dipping to be fair i i like to go in and swim for a good 10 minutes i'm not bothered if it if it's below five that's even better for me so uh yeah Yeah. i'm i'm in skins and uh with my bobble hat on but uh to swim all the way through the winter with the lifeguarding club i mean one thing that we used to and it's something that i will never ever forget i don't think was we used to do boxing day swims boxing day dips because we were at the coast um and there was one year when it was snowing um and i think there were about three of us that actually braved getting in the sea just in swimming costumes um and instead of it being a case of how far can you swim it was a case of how many minutes can you stay in the water for um and my friend and i who he was a triathlete as well and an ultra runner iron man all that kind of stuff and he was like I'm staying in the longest, I went laying up. <laughs> and we ended up basically, I think it, I think it was about eight minutes we stayed in for in the end. I can't remember what the temperature was, but we pretty much had to be carried up the beach because our legs just wouldn't work. And it was simply because we were so competitive. Um, we were like, yeah, we're gonna stay in longer. And as soon as we got out, we were like, we shouldn't have stayed in that long. Have you got any dream swims that you've got on your dream list of swims? I feel like I need to go back and do the channel. I promised myself when I not swimming during that relay that I would go back at one point and I would swim the channel. And at first I was like, it's going to have to be a relay. Um, but now it's a bit more like, well, I was really sick when I was on the boat, so why not just be on, not be on a boat and just swim the whole thing? Yeah. Um, but one of, the, one of the main issues with the channel is it's so expensive. Um, and for me, wearing a wetsuit helps me with my swimming um, because I'm unable to kick my legs. So my, it gives the buoyancy in my legs. So it kind of makes my legs float and bob along behind me as I just swim with my arms. And obviously, as far as, I don't know if you can even swim the channel in a wetsuit. I don't think it's registered or I'm not sure. Um, But I've never seen anyone doing the channel in a wetsuit. So that would be kind of my biggest issue, I think. Um, Obviously, Windermere is one of my sort of dream swims. So I'm doing that two way on the 1st of September. they're kind of the main ones. I also, in 2019, did a swim at Lake Tallinn in Wales. Um, and it was supposed to, I was supposed to be swimming 10 miles. Um, but the I think the water was about seven, maybe eight degrees, which was colder than I'd ever swum in. Yeah. Um, and I ended up admitting defeat at 10k rather than 10 miles a lot of people that were doing the swim did ended up stopping at 10k rather than 10 miles I think there were only about four or five people that ended up going the full 10 miles but it was by far the most beautiful swim I have ever done and 10k Um, is a long way to go 
yeah in that sort of temperature it was, it was i was going to stop the lap before um and they had like a pontoon with the feeding station you took your own feeds and stuff yeah. and um i remember that i stopped one lap and i was like i think i'm gonna get out and they went why you're looking really strong and i went i don't feel strong and they're like keep going just do another lap which managed to get me up to that 10k and i'm so grateful for them to do that i would love to go and do the full 10 miles um but it's the surroundings um because you were in the valleys um and there was literally the lake and a pub slash hotel and that was all there was that's all you could see um and it was a be- it was freezing but it was a beautiful sunny day as well which was really nice um but it was quite a small event so you didn't get all the arms and legs in your face that you get at starts and things like that you didn't get any of that it was just you could end up being you were swimming on your own because it was so beautiful it was like yeah i don't really mind and that's what uh, many open water swimmers say is yeah. the beauty of the venues that we can go and swim um, and the freedom as well. I know that you've started a group called Adaptive Disabled Open Water Swimmers and that's grown really quite significantly. You're up to 270 as of today. Um, I checked it was 253. No, I can tell you it's honestly 270 (laughs) and I know that it hasn't been running for very long and this is a group that you've started to enable and encourage other people with disabilities yeah to feel more confident oh what yeah else, definitely what, what have you from from the groups what have you found out actually started the group in november i think it was and i just shared it with a few friends and there were about 20 members and they were people a lot of them were paratriathletes um so they did a bit of open water swimming but not a significant amount it was more they focused on the cycling and the running um but then in january i just randomly decided that i'd post it in one of the bigger i think it was the open water uk group and all of a sudden within 24 hours we'd got like 150 members it was a challenge mentally at times because you're like is this ever going to end time i was the only admin and so i had all these membership requests coming through and literally was spending for like two days just constantly ticking approve, 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 um, non-stop. But the thing that's been really lovely, not only is it nice that to find more disabled open water swimmers, um, because personally, I've never really seen any other than me at events. Um, it's the varying conditions that people have and the benefits that people get from it and it's how it's not always about doing a big swim or a race it's about just being out and like you say it's the freedom of it i understand i mean for me open water swimming is like my freedom um when i swim yes my legs hurt just sort of there and they just bob along behind me and if I'm swimming, you can't tell any difference between me and anybody else that's swimming, apart from the fact that I don't kick my legs. And it's been that a lot of people have said exactly the same thing in that it's being in the water because 
people when you're swimming in groups and things obviously no one is at the moment but you get to meet people with your head on the surface of the water so they can't see if it's your legs and things like that they can't see the bit that is disabled of you so you're considered the same as everybody else there's no difference and they don't know there's any difference uh, in the world you do get treated differently if you have a disability and it's just that moment of i'm the same as everyone else there's there's nothing different between me and them and a lot of people have said very very similar things um, but I think the most amazing thing to come from the group is the community. Um, I mean, we've got a lot of disabled athletes, but we've also got friends of disabled athletes and open water coaches. Um, I think there's a few members from the Outdoor Swimmer magazine. It's just getting talking for the first time about disabled open water swimmers. And you've written um, an article, haven't you, for the Outdoor yeah. Swimmer magazine as well? Yes, yeah, so I wrote a blog for them. Um, I wrote it a few weeks ago now, and it was originally going to be part of an article um, going in the magazine, um, but they decided to put it as a blog instead because I was actually interviewed for the article, so it didn't make sense. Uh, just a way to get people to try and think about what it is that would make an event accessible or a swim accessible. So I think if I remember rightly in the article, I've put a list of what would be helpful for event organizers to put on their website. And it's things like what kind of car park it is, where the car park is in relation to the entry point, what the terrain between the car park and the entry point are like. Because if you're in a wheelchair and it's grass and muddy to get to the entry point, you can't get to the entry point. Um, and there's been several swims that I've turned up to and they event organizers have said, yeah, 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 it's accessible. And you get there and then you end up, so I end up so knackered from having to use my crutches and to try and walk to the entry point that I'm knackered before I've even got in to start the swim. It's kind of about raising awareness, but also giving people that support network. Most people like me have said, we didn't realize how many disabled open water swimmers there are. Um, as I said, I've never seen any, any any events. There's no specific events for disabled open water swimmers anywhere in the world, as far as I've managed to find, uh, as far as Swim England have seen, because I've been in contact with them. It's all different disabilities. One of the thing, one of the um, posts that amazed me most, and comments that amazed me, was there was I can't remember what the name of the guy was. But he was totally blind. He swam on his own water, but he was to he's totally blind. And I've never really thought it makes you think about things accessible for other people with different disabilities. Because for me, it's always been, can the wheelchair get there? What's the entry point like? But then it's made you think about it's with visual impairments or who are deaf. One of the things that I had, it just sort of clicked to me was that at events or when you go to swim somewhere new for someone that's deaf, that how do they know the safety instructions? Because it's not given in sign language. So if they can't lip read, they won't 
know the safety instructions. And I'd never really thought about that before. Um, so I've learned a lot through everyone, but there's such a nice community growing with, and I, I like to think that anyone is happy to post anything and ask any question. And everyone's just kind of got together and giving people ideas and tips and asking, saying, is it just me that struggles with this and looks like an idiot or is it everybody? And everyone goes, don't worry, it's everybody. I look like an idiot too. Um, so it's, yeah, it's been really, really lovely. And it's been surprising as well. I did not think it was going to take off like this. Most I thought I was going to get 100 members, if that. Uh, it's been, yeah, it's given me something. Encourages more people, hoping it encourages more people to actually oh, yeah. to take up open water swimming as well. Yeah, there's been quite a few... Um, people that have joined it going I've not actually been in open water yet and I'm a bit nervous about this and this and this how do people deal with this and this and this and then a week later they go I've had my first open water swim or my first dip and you're like wow that's actually got someone into the sport that I love so much and that's helped me so much Um, it's just amazing it really is and I know you were talking about you know people supporting each other. I remember being in Cliff Lakes uh, morning. Uh, it was a winter swim actually. Uh, it was really cold, and this gentleman turned up with uh, his friend, and he said, "Look, I'm blind, um, and this is my guide, and uh, I want to be trained to do Alcatraz." And uh, we had a coach there called Caroline Saxton, and he had come all the way to speak with her to say, "Look, we've got this many weeks. You need to train us." with a tether between us so that we can do the Alcatraz for a charity event. And I remember her, bless her, she she did a fantastic job. Um, the poor guide, he was more frightened about the uh, sharks and everything else than the actual guy who was wanting to do the swim. But yeah, and it was amazing seeing his journey um, and how he yeah. dealt with his disability. Um, and yes, he did accomplish the Alcatraz. Just going back to um, Swim England, you mentioned that. Um, Working quite closely with them, aren't you, to raise awareness? I I think it was before I started the group, actually, I emailed them. I'd not... Swimmer benefits me so much, mentally and physically. And I know that it could do the same for others. And it has done the same for others. And I didn't quite understand why there are no open water events for with like you've got advanced or different speed waves and things like that but there's never a level playing field for someone that is disabled because there's never a wave specifically for disabled athletes you're always racing against able-bodied not swim england because in 2019 i think it was i did the swim england national masters open water championships in peterborough which isn't far from where i live and there was myself and there was also an amputee the male amputee there um and at the end of the event one of the organizers from swim england actually came and spoke to me and said i'm glad that i caught you i just wanted to know has this been accessible what can we do better but then i never heard anything back because I gave her my details and things and I never heard anything. And so in about, I think it was October, November time last year, I emailed them and was very specific and put my 
points very clearly. And the main one was basically the question, why aren't there any events for disabled open water swimmers? Because level, because if you look at, um, for example, the Olympics and Paralympics, for most sports that are at the Olympics, there's a Paralympic equivalent swimming there is, but there's no open water marathon in the Paralympics, but there is in the Olympics. So I said, why? And that was simply it. And basically got the reply going back, we don't know, find any either. Um, so we've been emailing backwards and forwards and I got told that the information that I'd given them and the questions I'd given were going to be raised at a meeting in January um, and they'd get back in contact and I didn't hear anything from them. And I know obviously there's been everything going on with COVID and they've been dealing with when pools are opening and school pools and every, all that jazz. Uh, a bit bad pushing it, but I sent an email chasing it up and they were like, we'll get back to you. And so I've kept bugging them. And I think it was last week, I finally got an email from the uh, swimming development manager, I think it was, um, and saying that it was being taken to the leadership meeting. And I was like, right, okay, let me know what happens, blah, blah, blah. Um, and from what I understand, they're hoping or looking very, very, very early stages, considering putting on an open water festival. Um, they're hoping to um, they've got to obviously go through everything they're really hoping that it takes place and one of the reasons they're hoping to do it is that at it they will learn from the athletes that are there so they're hoping that there will be some disabled swimmers there and they will be able to ask the questions and figure out the best way forwards from there it was, I got that email last week about it and I've offered to help and be in the working group and see if there's anything that I can do to help with the festival. Um, but it's been really amazing the past couple of weeks to see that actually what I've been writing and what I've been trying to do and campaign for has actually made a difference and is making a difference to people and not just individuals, but it might actually make a big difference for everybody raising the issues that have, as far as I know, never been raised before. Face and see how it's all... So it's, quite, it's very exciting, very exciting. Um, I mean, I've done for an article for The Outdoor Swimmer, um, which is going to be in the magazine at some point. I'm not sure when. Um, obviously, um, I've written the blog and I've got my own Facebook page as well as the group page and also Instagram where I keep people updated about what's going on and things um, and also post about my own personal training. Uh, trying to get more people to notice and people, I don't think people realise how simple changes are that would make something accessible. Um, I mean, with my friends that I swim with, I now swim towing my crutches. Um, so I was um, above the company above below kindly gave me a ruck raft and originally it was to see if I could actually fit my wheelchair in it and tow my wheelchair sadly the wheelchair didn't quite fit in it um, but I've got folding crutches and they do fit in it and it actually means that I can go to our swim wherever it is and then it's always I always make sure it's a short walk from the car park to the entry point 
Um, so I leave my wheelchair in someone's car and then use my crutches to get in um, and then tow my crutches. There's, there's just, I'm just seen like everybody else. There's no difference. Difficult with getting in and out sometimes, but they just treat me like everybody else and it needs to become normal. There are events, people sit, if you're in a, a good example actually is the Thames Marathon Swim. And I've done it twice now. I did it once on my own um, the year before. Um, did it with actually a group of swimmers from the BRJ Run and Tri Club. And we did it, we swam separately, but we went together, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and sitting in a, it's a big event, sitting in the area where everybody's getting ready to go to get to the start and everything. And you're sitting there in a wheelchair and everybody else is standing up and you see the people looking at you wondering how the hell is she going to do this? And people come up to you and say that you're inspiring and done for being involved. And it's great that you're getting out and doing this and that sort of thing. And, but for me, I just see myself as everybody else change things slightly so that I can do them. Um, like not kicking my legs, small adaptations that can make the real difference, I think. We just aren't used to seeing disabled open water swimmers, and I don't understand why. And I, I think that they should. Yeah, I know that uh, we remember them 2021 are keen to work with you to make... Mm. The, the venues access, as accessible as yes. we possibly can. Yeah, I'm really looking um, forward to that. So, yeah. and I know you're going to be promoting, uh, we remember them with the adaptive swimmers so that they can access locally yeah. and also maybe yeah. virtual events as well. Um, you're keen to do I'm an event as well. I'm hoping that through the group, um, put regular posts in there sort of once a week, maybe if I can, uh, just that they take it to the group of people that they swim with um, to see if that, that group of swimmers can do it basically or can do something. So going to do it here, hopefully doing my own leg with it, doing my own um, swim. Hopefully we'll be able to get what's normal to see people with disabilities doing it. And so it's going to be great to raise the money, but it's also going to be great for the people with disabilities because a lot of people with disabilities have a lot of hospital appointments and they've got a lot to thank from the NHS and carers and staff and that sort of thing and I just think it's a really nice way to say thank you to them recognize them I think um so I think that there's going to be quite a lot of people that want to get involved in it hopefully I hope there'll be a lot of people yeah we, we hope and we hope that everyone feels they can access as well um a group that wants to make things accessible for everybody where would yep. it be best to go and get some given information to support that and enable? There aren't many places at the moment, which is part of the problem and something that I'm hoping to change. Um, I'm hoping to make a map where there's of accessible swim points and things, um, but haven't actually learned how to make a map yet. So I'm getting there. Um, but I think the most important thing is if they have a disabled person that wants to come and join the group, they talk to the disabled person um, because people with disability, everybody with disability 
is slightly different in the way that they think and they work and in their actual conditions. Um, so one adaptation might work for one person, but not another. But it's having a lot of people seem have said to me that they feel like they're intruding and being nosy by talking to the disabled person saying literally what what's wrong with you what can we do to help how can we change it and one thing that i've got from the facebook group is that actually that pretty much everybody with a disability would rather you just ask and if you ask then you can make the changes because they'll be able to tell you what changes need to be made um and it's as simple as that but i mean you've just got to be willing to do different things and it really is trial and error depending on who it is that wants to swim um most places you can make accessible in one way or another um i think the main thing for a lot of people with disabilities is the getting in and out bit um and i think that's where it's a bit tricky but that's where it also does depend on what the person can do. Um, I mean, for me, um, I've kind of got used to the idea of being sort of like a beach whale on a riverbank now, because um, it's kind of the only way, way to get out is sort of, I sat, my friends put their, um, they kneel down one knee, I put my good foot on their leg and launch myself and then sort of wiggle and roll. Um, not the most graceful thing, but it gets me out of the water. Um, so it's, it is one of the main things is the getting in and out. Um, there's quite a lot of bum shuffling that happens. Um, I'm very, very lucky in where I live in that just around the corner, there's a boat slipway. So there's actually, it's not the nicest place to swim, but it is somewhere that's really accessible for me in that I can just use my crutches I can roll up to the ramp. The car park is all of about five meters away and then just walk in with my crutches or hobble in with my crutches. Um, but it is it does really depend on the person and being able to say accessible for all to it is probably saying that you're willing to adapt to individuals needs. Because um, obviously, I mean, someone who's paralysed from chest down, for example, needs are going to be very different to me who, yes, I'm in a wheelchair 80, 90 percent of the time, but I can walk very short distances with crutches to get in and out, whereas obviously they won't be able to. Really, really varies. Got one, because as I said, there are no guidelines as far as I know anywhere to do without a open water swimming there's obviously they do the um the stuff for swimming teachers and swimming coaches but there's nothing on the side of the open water coaching courses um my i'm doing my level two open water coach at the moment um with kerry ann Payne um through straight line swimming i think it's called and one of the things that we're hoping to do is there's um it's come up to like being three years so they're starting to look at renewing and updating the qualification and they have actually asked myself and there's also another lady who's deaf i believe um to be in the working group 
to try and make not only the qualification and doing the qualification more accessible, but actually add the things about accessibility into the qualification. Um, so that'll be quite good. And hopefully that'll be a starting point for people. The swimming community is so opening and welcoming as well. Oh, yeah, massively. So for the listeners, what I would encourage is that you've got the Adaptive Disabled Open Water Swimmers Group. So have a look at that and join and encourage anybody who you feel will benefit from that to join. Um, we've also got the We Remember Them Relay Facebook page as well. And have that conversation with us, because what we want to do is encourage you to access different events. Sophie, today has been awesome. Thanks ever so much. I really look forward to seeing your journey and seeing how you change open water swimming for lots of different people in a really positive way. And uh, it's amazing to have connected with you um, and to hear the journey so far. It's really exciting. Um, we really look forward to hearing and seeing what is influenced in the future and the best of Thank luck you. with that. So Thank thanks you very much. much. And uh, <laughs> I'll catch up with you soon. Yep. So for all the listeners, keep plunging.